The following program is closed captioned for the thinking impaired. Quiet, numbskulls, I'm broadcasting. Due to some violent content, parental discretion is advised. One, two, is this on? <laughs> Yo, Jimmy, hit me with that triple H. Just in case you've forgotten. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the two-time wrestling radio show of the year. Wrestling News Live. Love to eat turkey. Love to eat turkey. Love to eat turkey. Cause it's good. Love to eat the turkey like a good boy should. Cause it's turkey to eat. So good. A turkey for me. Turkey for you. Let's eat turkey in a big brown shoe. Love to eat the turkey. At the table, I once saw a movie with Betty Grable. Eat that turkey all night long. Fifty million Elvis fans can't be wrong. Turkey, turkey, dee, turkey, turkey, dap. I eat the turkey and I take a nap. Thanksgiving is a special night. Jimmy Walker used to say. Happy Thanksgiving, pilgrims! What the hell is that? It's a turkey. His name is Gobbles. Gobbles! <laughs> and where, pray, is our beautiful trick-performing turkey? Um, we sort of spent all the money on this one. Gobbles! Cal, can I talk to you over here for a second? Cal, why do you do these things to me? I didn't do anything to you. Timmy saw the turkey and wanted to get it. What do you want me to say to him? You say, no, Timmy, you can't have that turkey back. It's the most... Wonderful time of the year. I love Thanksgiving. All right, guys, good evening and welcome to Taboo Turkey Day. On behalf of Wrestling News Live, I am Mr. Money on the Mic, JJ Sexay, and I'm being joined by the original founder of Wrestling News Live. You love him, you hate him, but really, do you ever forget him? Ladies and gentlemen, the Trey Dog is in the house. I'll tell you what, and... and it's uh, Thanksgiving now, but I mean, I had, I look back on last year, and I don't think for the last two or three years I've had turkey on Turkey Day, and it's because I've been away from my family and not able to come back and celebrate the holiday, but goddamn, we made up for it today. I mean, I ain't kidding you a bit. I went to work. I worked 12 hours today. But that's misleading because I really didn't do shit besides sit on my ass and watch TV all day and play golf on the computer. But I had a plate from my sister-in-law and her family. They, they brought me a plate. Then one of the ladies that's been staying at the hotel for months because she's a nurse over at the, at the hospital, she went to a, a party with all the nurses and stuff. As JSK would say, grab the nurse's ass. But that's another story. Um, 
she brought me a plate from the nurse's party. Bless her heart. And then at the end of the night as I'm leaving, my boss's mom brings me a plate from their party. And not only does she bring me a plate of food, she brings three pies in there and says, which one do you like? And I said, well, I like pumpkin, so I got a piece of pumpkin pie. And she had some uh, lemon meringue pie, and I said, I really like lemon meringue pie. So she gave me a couple pieces of that. And I said, but man, I really like cheesecake, too. She gave me the whole damn cheesecake. Goddamn. So I've been nibbling on this cheesecake. Oh, baby, it's okay to have all kinds of pie on Taboo Turkey Day, because it's what it all breaks down to is how much pie can you get. Even The Rock likes to have a little pie, even if it is a little old and moldy sometimes. I gave The Rock my pie one time, and he let me play with his strudel. It was back in 1955. It was a beautiful day. I sweat so bad. I had to stink. I sweat so bad. But we was having relations. All right, Grandma. Enough. Enough. I'm sorry about that. I apologize. It's family. You know, it's Taboo Turkey Day. It's always nice to see Grandma Dog join us here on the show. She, I, she has no filter. Grandma dog. She has no filter. She just, you know, like 90% of the stuff out of her mouth will end up being about sex and having relations. It, 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 never, it just never fails. She's kind of crazy, that uh, that grandma there. You bet, Grandma dog. Whoa, gobble, gobble. You got a turkey now, too? What the fuck? Gobbler. Get out of here. That's Gobbles. He's my retarded turkey. What the fuck, Trey? Gobbles! I'm on the air! Go play with Grandma! It appears that Trey's studio has been invaded by Grandma and Gobbles the retarded turkey. Gobbles the retarded turkey. You never met Gobbles? I'm surprised. I tell you what, man. It just wouldn't be a taboo turkey day if without Grandma and Gobbles. Oh, but it will be a taboo turkey day for everyone to remember. And I only tell you this because last night I recorded a little story with the most amazing man in the world asking me questions, Mr. J.J. Sexay. And I let him in on a little secret on the real meaning of Thanksgiving and what, what really happened on the very first Thanksgiving. Yes, and that is something that we will be playing for you guys tonight on the outro to the show. You will find out the real meaning and the real happenings of the first Thanksgiving by the Trey Dog. You think you know, but you have no idea. As if that wasn't enough to leave them in suspense. So, just stay tuned for that. I'm telling you, it ranks right up there with Wasted News Live. <laughs> I would have to concur with that one. So you worked all day. Yeah, I got my turkey on though. That's for sure. Well, see, you're 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 ahead of me. I no turkey in the uh, in the sex a household today. In fact, and my was... sister, my sister calls me at seven o'clock and says, "What are you doing?" And I said, "I'm at work." And she said, "Oh, well, me and Dad and, and Nate, which is her husband, she said we're all up here at Pizza Hut. You want some pizza?" And I go, "Oh God, no! I don't want anything." Wow. You know, I've already had two plates. I'm done. Man, if you'd have had that pizza, you might have made your own zip code today. Well, I mean, I didn't eat everything. There's just no way. I mean, I just, ugh. I couldn't do it. I'm on a diet anyway after I eat this, this here cheesecake. 
I hear you. Well, you know, the Thanksgiving festivities here at Casa de la Sexe consisted of myself and uh, the three-year-old Lexi. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was a, it was a very chill, relaxed day. Obviously, Harmony is away till next week. The older kids were in school most of the day because, you know, it, it's Canada and we celebrated Thanksgiving last month. So it was just right. a regular day, right? But, right. Uh, but for Thanksgiving dinner, uh, I did make Lexi her favorite. Which consists of chicken nuggets and French fries. So that's that was my uh, my Thanksgiving dinner for tonight. So chicken nuggets wow, and fries. That's, that's amazing. I mean, oh, that was, yeah. that's that's a traditional part of Thanksgiving that not a lot of people know about is the the six piece nugget. This is true. This is true. And right now I'm just kind of sitting back with some Jack and Coke, as we do Taboo Turkey Day. Very nice. As am I. That's a good. It's ironic, but as am I. No, there's no fly in my Chardonnay, ironic, but it's... No, and I don't... I'd offer you some pie, but I don't want to say pie too loud because Grandma Dog will come in here and start talking about her pie again, and we don't want that. I don't want to hear about her relations again. Come on, Trey. I mean, I know she's never given birth to a hand, but the broad can't shut up about having sex. Oh, my God. She'll be back. I ain't kidding you. She'll come back in here in a minute. She'll have to get a refill of her wine or something. I'm sure Gobbles will make his return here pretty quick, too. Gobbles is just kind of like a pet. He just roams around, you know, it's wherever Gobbles may roam. <laughs> hey, come on now. Come on. Fucking Gobbles, goddamn. I mean, it's, I, I do my part. I, you know, you watch, you watch a lot of TV. I don't know if it's the same in Canada, though. But I know you, you watched a lot of TV when you were in the States. Do you get, do you remember those uh, commercials that start with like, Sarah McLaughlin singing something real soft and sad, and they show all these abused pets. Oh yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I, I, I that made me sad, and I, went, I saw it, and I adopted a retarded turkey. Well, you know, the good thing is you're keeping him off somebody's table. Well, you got to because I mean, it's he's retarded. He's he doesn't he ain't, he didn't have a chance. Those other turkeys had. <laughs> Gobbles, come on, gobbles, come on now, buddy, please. I'm trying to do. I know it's your day, but we don't want to really make it your day, do we? I think you pissed him off, Trey. <laughs> you called him. You called him retarded, man. He kind of flew up his tail in the air and just kind of walked off, like he's talking to. Hey, dude, for real now. If you don't get in the, if you don't get in the room, and stop all the nonsense and shenanigans, I can whip up some more turkey. He's, he's shutting up now. You gotta you gotta threaten the retarded turkey a little harsher than you do a normal turkey because you gotta make sure it sinks in. Oh, I reckon so, man. It's uh, it's definitely hey, an adventure. I was tonight, just isn't gonna come in and tell a story oh, about the turkey that was so moist. The turkey just melted in your mouth. It was just wonderful. And I was sitting in there eating the moist turkey, and I started getting moist in the other places on the grandma. I just tried to tell a story. It was the most wonderful turkey, reminding me of a time when I was a little girl and I was wearing this flowery dress, and I remember it like it was yesterday because I was chewing blackjack gum, and I never did drink. I never chewed blackjack gum except for on that day, and I went out with a boy. His name was Thomas Siegel, and we went in his 65 Studebaker car, out to look out for, and we weren't looking for anything but what was underneath our clothes. I tell you, Grandma, enough with the stories. I got a show to do. It's already late. 
we got to get to the meaning of Thanksgiving. It'll be epic. If you just go in a room and turn on your stories and keep that goddamn turkey in there with you. Please. All right, baby. You have a good show now, baby. I love you. I love you too, Grandma. Now go. Whew. Well, you know, there there are times, Trey, that I, I don't miss my family, and this is one of them. Well, you know, that's the sad thing, is that, you know, you get together with the fam. It's it's a family day. I just couldn't do this on the reg because I'd go crazy. I'd shoot the turkey and Grandma. And we don't want you to do that. I mean, if I had one bullet, I don't know who'd get it. That's the sad thing. Oh, man. That's some good stuff there. I mean, I, I, I'm really partial to my retarded turkey. I mean, he's been through a lot because he's a retarded turkey. Now, shifting gears a little bit, let's let's get down to a little bit of business. Uh, I know that we had talked about <clears throat> there were several things we wanted to bring up on the show tonight. Uh, the whole concept of Taboo Turkey Day was allowing our WNL family members to dictate the topics we we're going to talk about tonight. So do you have right. those topics in front of you? I do, and with that said, we'll jump in, and I we'll, we'll go ahead and kind of knock one out right off the bat. Jeremy Samples sends in a question and says, I think it'd make for interesting discussion to have a segment where past memories from Wrestling News Live are discussed, such as Taboo Turkey Day discussion that eventually brought Taboo Turkey Day to be. Maybe a couple early WNL stories that haven't been told before, or happenings that have gone on within the show that makes us fans and or all of you as hosts, thankful that the show is still around. Something I always think about was JSK saying that he would always be listening, and it makes it that much more thankful that you guys are still around through every change. Thanks for everything, guys. Woo. Um, well, I can tell you that Taboo Turkey Day was born when myself and Adam were talking about the success of one Christmas craptacular. And the fact, the story goes as Adam met the big show in person and introduced himself as Adam Martin of WrestleView.com. And the big show said, I have heard you on Wrestling News Live, blah, 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 blah. Adam said, yeah, that's me. And the big show told him a story of how him and John Cena we're on a layover in the airport listening to the Christmas Craptacular. I was blown away. I was like, wow, what a show for them to listen to. That's really more for our fans, not for anything else. Because it gets kind of stupid. But I had come up with the idea, well, if that was so successful, then maybe we should think of doing something special for Thanksgiving. Because I know that the goal of these shows is so that they're up and available for you to listen to when you're having to deal with family. Unfortunately, we didn't get this show up in time, but it's going to be up, so you'll have it for the day after. Um, but as we were trying to come up with an idea, we were also covering Taboo Tuesday at the same time. At that point, JSK was so sick he couldn't be on the show, but he would always make me leave the door open so he could hear us down the hall into his room, he could hear Adam and I talking. And he got up and limped his way into my studio room, which was just an extra bedroom, tapped me on the shoulder, which scared the shit out of me to begin with, and then as I looked over, he was telling me to take off my headset. 
So as I peeled off my head and said, he whispered in my ear, call the show Taboo Turkey Day. To which I lost it and started laughing, and Adam has no idea what's going on. And that's kind of how Taboo Turkey Day was born. We just kind of mashed that name into Taboo Tuesday, which was the pay-per-view. And in the, 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 the Taboo Turkeys in the past, listeners voted on a poll that we would put up. Only this time we decided to do it a little bit differently. I like this a lot better. Just let you come right out and ask whatever you want, and we'll answer it. Gloves are off. It be personal, non-personal, sexual, non-sexual, wrestling, non-wrestling, sports, whatever. We'll answer it. To the best of our abilities, anyway. And hence the name Taboo Turkey Day. And that's where we were born. And it's been a roller coaster ride ever since. Yes. So this year, it was getting close to time, and Ty, the website guy, that guy, Ty, in the chat room, if you will, Said, hey, are we doing a Taboo Turkey Day this year? And I went, oh, I hadn't thought about it. Shit, I guess we better jump on it. So here we are, jumping on it. And this would be actually, <clears throat> I believe, this is my first Taboo Turkey Day. I'm not mistaken. I think it is. I know you've done Christmas Craptacular, but I think this is your first Taboo. Which is cool. It's always a first here on Wrestling News Live. There's always something going on that's never and, happened And, you know, I've been told that we're going to hear from the Macho Man tonight. I've been told that on this very thankful day of days that, that, that Dusty Rhodes, the common man, is thankful and wants to let us know why. So between that and gobbles my retarded turkey and my grandma, Grandma Granny Dog, you don't know what to expect. Plus, again... You, <laughs> Hey, now, God damn it! I'm in the middle of a fucking sentence. I mean, the thought process is going on here. Me trying to do a show, and you gotta, uh, Granny, shut the fucking door. Well, I don't care if you left your teeth in the jar in the kitchen or not. You can get them tomorrow morning. If you don't go to bed, I'm gonna turn off the light and put you in there. You mentioned his name, Trey. He's a sensitive little son of a bitch too. Mm-hmm. Now he's mad at me. Oh, my God. You got to realize, though, I mean, this is about the time I usually come home from work and I play with my turkey. Because he's retarded. You got to give him a little special attention. Is that like choking the chicken? It's been known to be wild like that, yes. But only this time, feet are involved. It's a little different. I mean, I mean, you got to, it's an acquired taste. Tell you what, Trey, let's adopt the uh, stance of the military. Don't ask, don't tell, okay? Don't ask, don't tell. Yeah, that's good. That's I, li- good. I like that. I like that. So, I mean, where were we? Oh, I was telling this Jeremy Samples who had called in or wrote in. Um, as far as JSK always listening, we like to tell ourselves that every day. And believe it or not, that's one of the, still to this day one of JJ and I's driving factors on putting out this show. Um, we we'll never forget JSK and what he meant to me personally, JJ personally on this show and to all his listeners and to all his fans and all his family members here at wrestling news live. And even though, you know, I only met JSK a couple of times, you know, and I got to hang out with you guys, you know, for both the uh, one world collide specials that we did, <clears throat> you know, I really felt like I got to know him pretty well and I felt like we were pretty good friends and still to this day, there's not a day that goes by where I don't think, I wonder how JSK is, or 
you know, I wish that, you know, I could talk to him again. But I guess my, the reassuring factor for me, the week that my daughter was born was a great week for me until about three or four days later when I got the news that, <clears throat> that uh, JSK had passed away. And it's, it's a circle. It's a circle of life. It is the circle of life. And, you know, at that moment when I had heard that, I've always kind of uh, always kind of looked at it as, you know, he, he passed, but he still looks over my daughter as her guardian angel. So in that way, I try to keep JSK relevant in my life on a day-to-day basis. And I'll tell you, you know, I've more recently a lot than, than, than any time before, but I've had a lot of conversation with people about my mom and, and my dad, or not my dad, but my mom and, and JSK and, and their passing and how close together they were. And, you know, um, I'll, tie, I'll, I'll tie this into a story that I'm sure I've told on the show, but uh, Jeremy wants those Wrestling News Live stories that everybody loves. Um, surprised my mom at Mother's Day. And uh, she wasn't expecting Jody to be there with us. And he had already been diagnosed with cancer. He'd already cut his hair off. Um, and those of you that have seen pictures of JSK, he was 6'8", 260, with hair down to the you know, middle of his back. Looked like a hell's angel, but was the nicest guy you'd ever meet until you made him not nice. And uh, my mom said, oh, wow, you cut your hair off. And he said, yeah, yeah, I, uh, I cut it off. I wanted my daughter to be able to grow up someday and see how long her dad's hair was. I don't want this chemo to kill it all, blah, blah, blah. My mom and JSK were both on chemo. They were swapping stories, sitting next to each other at the house. And Dad and I were watching a ball game, and out of the blue, my mother, the saint she was, turned to Jody and said, you haven't lost a whole lot of weight. How do you, how do you, you know... How have you kept so much of your weight over the six months that you've been on chemo? And, and he turned to my mom and said, you got to eat. And my mom said, see, that's the problem. Is she goes, I just can't make myself eat. My mom was drinking those insurers just to give her something on her stomach. And she told JSK she couldn't, she couldn't make herself eat. And JSK said, oh, I ain't got no problem there. And she goes, well, what do you eat? And he goes, well, basically anything I want, you know. And she said, well, how's that? And if any of you have ever been around somebody with cancer, you realize that chemotherapy kills your appetite. And I will never forget, as I took a swig of a beer, watching a ball game, Mother's Day, knowing my mother has bone cancer, it's her last Mother's Day, more than likely, JSK turns to my mother and says, oh, that's easy, I just smoke a lot of pot. <laughs> as I spit the beer out, and I went, What? And my dad laughs and goes, I told you he was a pothead. And he looks at me and says, you smoking that shit too? And I go, no. And then JSK is like, oh my God, I can't believe I just said that. There's no retracting that. Now they know I'm pot. I'm a pothead. I'm like, you better cover my ass first before you worry about you. And he told my dad that I you know, never was a possibility, ever, so... But I'll never forget my mom with her wig on, as little as she was because she lost so much weight, doing the furly eyes, 
and my dad swiveling his rocker around as if I just started watching porno in front of my mother or something, you know. He swung it around like he was going to nail my ass. And, uh, no, it was JSK who said openly, well, I smoke a lot of pot. So there's you, uh, a Wrestling News Live story that combines to where we are now, you know. Of course, he's passed away, but four years ago, I had to make the toughest call I've ever made, and that was to his parents. I had come home from work at the radio station. And for the first six to eight months that, that JSK had cancer, I, I don't want this to sound bad. I don't want this to sound like poor me and, you know, what's in it for me and why didn't, you know. But, you know, I'm, I'm a young man myself, recently single, you know. I didn't want to come home from work and find him dead in the apartment. I didn't have the heart for it. I, I couldn't have taken it. It would have killed me. I think it literally would have killed me. You know, you, you, you talk about Hogan and finding Hogan and the stories he told about hitting the bottle and the gun and all that. You know, I never thought of killing myself, but I got so drunk that I tried to do it with alcohol just to forget. And I knew that wasn't right. So the next day I, I called JSK's mom, I said, look, ma'am, I've spoken with the doctor, and he has assured me that there's nothing else they can do for Jody, and that he's got less than a month. I said, ma'am, please, please, come pick your son up, and, and, you know, take care of him, because I can't do it anymore. And sure enough, they arrived the next day. Jody and I walked down to the car together as we were leaving the apartment. And he gave me a big old hug. Stuck his hand out and said, do me a favor. And I said, what's that, David? He said, I don't know what's getting ready to happen to me. He goes, I know I'm getting ready to go back home and lay down in a bed and be miserable. But he said, at least once a week for two or three hours, I can have my computer in my room programmed to come on and play Wrestling News Live. Please keep doing the show for me. I shook his hand, and the last thing he said to me was, I'm not dying, I'll be back. And those were the last words that I said to him in public or in person. We talked several times over the phone once he got back to his mom and dad's place. He informed me that he married the mother of his daughter, and that everything was going well. He had good days and bad. And then on March the 1st, the year he died, ironically, I was up editing something to do with Wrestling News Live. One of the interviews we had done, something. I was trying to fix it. And I got a phone call at 4 o'clock in the morning. And it was his sister, Keita, and she said that, uh, you know, he passed away in his sleep. Everything was, you know, good. He had his family and friends around him, and he went peacefully. And one of the last things he said to her was, make sure you reiterate to Trey that I'm still going to be listening, even if it's from heaven. Keep doing it. And that's where we are. Keep it on, keep it on. And we don't plan, we don't plan to stop anytime soon, so... 
No, not at all. Not at all. I mean, I gotta stop eating this cheesecake. <laughs> That's a fact, Jack. I hear you, buddy. I hear you. I mean, I just can't even imagine where it's gonna be going. I'm so full. Hope you're wearing some stretchy pants, my friend. I do wear stretchy pants. I like the stretchy pants. Like Alberto Del Rio. He likes stretchy pants. You talk funny, Santino. And children, apparently. Yes, apparently. But, uh, yeah, this, this show is going to continue, and we're definitely going to keep doing everything we do to entertain you guys and to keep the promise to JSK that oh, yeah. we're not going to let it die. And thank you to Jeremy Sample for the opening question of Taboo Turkey Day 2011. Was it 2010 or 2011? This would be 2010, I guess, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's still two, It's still 2010. Next year will be 2011. Yeah, so, yeah, so opening question of 2010, then. What do I know? I'm drunk. <laughs> and full of food. And got tryptophan going all through my body. And got a fucking crazy grandma and a fucking crazy turkey running around. Hey, baby, I just want to come in here and say thank you for letting me stay at your house and you're doing your little radio show and I like to listen to you because sometimes I like to listen to that J.J. Sexy because he sounds like a sexy man and sometimes I pretend like we're having relations. Grandma! You can't say that. Sh- I don't want to hear that. Go back to bed. But baby, I... Grandma, seriously, seriously, go go to your Facebook and start talking to the the home people. All right, there you go. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, laptop. Good, good idea. Bye bye now. Bye bye, Grandma dog. <sighs> At least you got good taste in men. What can I say? I don't know, man. I can't. I can't handle it. I, it was, Christmas and Thanksgiving. She's a handful. You know, before we move on to any more questions, I know that this is not the typical wrestling news live show, but there are a couple news bits that I thought we might want to throw in tonight. We'll if, throw away. All right, sounds good. Let me uh, let me cue up this wrestling news live news intro, and I'll uh, I'll run down some top stories before we get back to uh, the festivities here at Tavu Turkey Day. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. May I have your attention, please? And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. And now, the news. I don't know if you heard this or not, Trey, but apparently it seems that Things have come to a close in regards to the Hustler Benoit lawsuit that happened a few years back. Remember that Hustler had naked photos of uh, one Nancy Benoit. And the family, of course, of, uh, of Nancy was trying to get everything settled. And, uh, you know, tried to sue Hustler, basically. See, I don't like that shit. I mean, I think if... You've got naked pictures of somebody, and they're alive. That's one thing. But I think that once they pass away, the pictures need to be deleted, or they need to go to the family, and the family then should have, 
you know, basically power of attorney over the use of said pictures. And I would agree with that. I really, I, I do. I mean, as long as she's alive, it's up to her. Period. Bottom line. You know, if she doesn't know you have them, she will. Uh, Hustler Magazine ordered to pay damages to Nancy Benoit's family. The Atlanta Journal Constitution newspaper is reporting that Hustler will have to pay damages to the family of Nancy Benoit for publishing her old nude photos in one of their issues after she was killed by her husband, Chris Benoit. The Larry Flint-owned publication fought the lawsuit, saying with the photographs were newsworthy. However, U.S. District Judge Thomas W. Thrash Jr., that's a nice wrestling name, Thrash, yeah, had a different view and said that the company published the photos in their March 2008 issue purely to profit. No reasonable juror could conclude that Larry Flint did not publish the photographs in the article for financial gain, said the judge. The evidence shows that the LFP made significant profits uh, off the March 2008 issue and that the reaction to the Benoit photographs was huge and overwhelmingly positive. Can I be honest with you on this deal here? Yeah, go for it. I enjoy a little penthouse magazine now and then. But I'm looking at the, the little caption underneath her picture. Oh, I don't know. It's just sick. I think the whole thing is just sick. I hope the family gets a lot out of this. Apparently, right now, we don't know how much they're going to get in damages, but the magazine... It'll be a pretty pity. Oh, I think so. But the Hustler magazine uh, you know, carried the headline of Wrestler Chris Benoit's Wife Murdered, Wife N- or, Wrestler Chris Benoit's Wife Murdered, Wife Nude, with the spread in the inside pages. The photos were snapped 20 years earlier after Nancy expressed interest in entering the adult industry. Sick. That is pretty sick. I mean, that's that's a shitty way to make money. I mean, it'd be different if it was a woman that passed away of natural causes in her 80s and you had nude photos of her back when she was in her prime. But this is a woman who was blatantly murdered. You know, it was one of the biggest wrestling scandal controversies of all time. There's some sick motherfuckers out there that want to see that shit. I'm, I'm personally not one of them. Well, I hear you. I'm, I'm with you on that bandwagon. Um, big news story coming out today, or I guess this week, rather. Uh, tomorrow is the official contract expiry for one Joey Styles in the WWE. Well, i tell you who you won't be working side by side with. Who's that? Kevin Nash. No, no. He, I don't think he's going to be working side by side with Kevin Nash. Uh, of course, recently on Twitter... He said that, uh, imagine, you know, if you can remember the things he said while being employed by the WWE, just imagine what he's going to say or do tomorrow when his contract expires. It doesn't look like he is re-signing with World Wrestling Entertainment at this point, but uh, Joey Styles' contract officially up. Well, as you're listening to this today. Yeah. So it's oh. going to get interesting real quick. Uh, apparently, Cena is being advertised for next Monday's Raw. Nice. <laughs> As if you thought John Cena was really fired, people. Come on. Not going to happen. John Cena, uh, there is a story circulating on the house show circuit 
that sees John Cena coming back to the WWE as his cousin, Juan Cena, under a mask. It's a feud with, of course, Wade Barrett. Any thoughts on that, Trey? Too many. I... Juan Cena. Juan Cena. It takes Juan to know Juan. It takes Juan to know Juan, yes. Good stuff, good stuff. Uh, apparently, THQ is uh, running a contest right now where you can create your video game moments in the SmackDown vs. Raw 2011 video game. I and, thought about you today when I saw this. Well, the big, the big prize in this is that the one that gets voted the best is actually uh, you're going to get a Slammy Award on the December... What is it? December... The December uh, Raw, where they're going to do the Slammy Awards. Right. I was thinking I had the date in front of me for that, but I don't. No, the December 13th Raw. That's what it is. Okay. So that's very interesting. I might uh, I might very well uh, participate in that contest. Not only is that going on, but THQ has another contest where uh, you can actually make an original character. You know, not, not obviously a warrior or a savage or any classic character but an original character of your own design and if they pick you to win then Mattel will actually make an action figure of said character huh so I might be uh, I might be dipping into the pond a little bit there not too shabby deal there no it's not bad at all let's see what yeah, else I saw that I saw that this afternoon and I thought well that's kind of cool no, it is a pretty cool little deal. That's what she said. Oh! That is what she said, Trey. And I'm thinking maybe it was Grandma Trey Dog that said that. I don't know what Grandma was doing. She's been in the bedroom for quite a while. She maybe have relations with herself at this point. Who knows? Well, there you go. But as far as news goes, I think that's... Oh, apparently Kurt Angle might be under consideration for a major movie role. And I don't know what the movie is at this point, but I believe it is a movie that's going to be helmed by Sony. Now, as most of you know, with our big uh, Kurt Angle interview that we had back a couple months ago, that big two-hour interview, Kurt said he's doing a lot of movies. And uh, he recently did a movie called Above the, or Beyond the Mat. Excuse me. Um, so apparently there is consideration for him to be involved in a major movie with Sony Pictures and uh, I believe the recent movie was called Death From Above. It's direct-to-DVD, and I think it comes out in, I believe, February. But it looks like um, he may be in the running for a major motion picture role. Nice. So that could Attaboy, be interesting. Attaboy, Kurt. You go, Kurt. I I, uh, I read a lot of things he was saying. I guess he had gotten into uh, on a line. And we've all been there. I can't of this but he got on twitter and just started talking and you know it's like not going probably not ever going to rejoin wwe i'm here to help tna and help dixie blah, blah, blah. you know dixie gave me a chance vince kind of shit on me basically and you know he was saying this in 140 characters or less every time right so it's kind of hard to follow but he's towing the line as a tna company man um, 
but don't forget. Now, I will say this, too. Uh, a lot of people, including yourself, not happy that uh, Mike Mazanin, who we all know as The Miz, uh, became the WWE champion on this past Monday's edition of Monday Night Raw after he cashed in his Money in the Bank uh, briefcase. I have a feeling I know where you're going to go with this, though. But it's been a very positive move for the WWE as everybody is covering this story. TMZ did a piece on Mike Mazanin. MTV uh, issued a press release talking about his his past with the real world and some of the other shows that he was involved with with MTV about 10 years ago. And uh, so even ESPN, I think, did a feature on The Miz. So uh, a lot of positive publicity coming the WWE's way uh, for a kid who always wanted to be a wrestling superstar who even on the real world came up with his own alter ego called The Miz and he someday wanted to be a professional wrestler. And uh, kudos to The Miz because he did the unthinkable. If you'd have told me two years ago that The Miz would be the WWE champion, I'd have thought you were crazy. But, uh, you know, after a long period of time when I did not like the guy, I have to say much respect to Mike Mazanin and the WWE. Uh, dreams do come true sometimes in professional wrestling, and uh, Mike the Miz Mazanin is proof of that. So uh, kudos to The Miz. Yeah, and the point I was trying to make on the show Monday night, and I, and I was talking with people on Facebook and through emails, and we got our own Wrestling News Live Facebook now. Make sure you check it out. Uh, WrestlingNewsLive.tk, fully functioning with the new WNL store, so you can buy the brand new Mafia Welcome to the Family t-shirt for Wrestling News Live, just in time for the holidays. But... <coughs> Somebody brought up the point, and I can't think of who it is. I hate to not give him credit, but somebody had mentioned that, you know, everybody, including yourself, was comparing The Miz to a young Y2J and HBK when they originally won their first title. The, the difference is, is that by the time that these two guys and many others like them had won their title for the first time, they had already won us over and had very successful undercard title reigns and you know had already basically worked their way into our hearts and you know kind of did their time the Miz not 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 nearly as much but I'm not gonna take anything away from the kid he's come a long way and although I don't like him as my champion doesn't mean he won't be a good one and we'll find out starting Monday well to a point you you do have a point there um I'll give you that. But, I mean, let's not forget, he is a Triple Crown winner. He was a multiple-time United States champion, multiple-time tag team champion. So, I mean, he has worked his way up to the ranks. Um, well, but he hasn't had lengthy reigns, and number one, except for with the tag titles. Oh, the U.S. title um, was a lengthy reign. U.S. title was kind of lengthy, but to counteract my point and put the ball back in your court, those undercard belts meant a lot more back when Shawn Michaels and Jericho were wearing them. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, when you look back at the... Intercont there's your coup de grace. Well, when you look back at the Intercontinental title reigns of Shawn Michaels, he was not a, uh, a well-liked champion. I mean, he was one of the better Intercontinental champions, but he was not exactly a fan-friendly champion for a lot of those reigns. Yeah. And uh, when you look at a guy like Jericho, he was in WCW his whole career before he ever won a World Heavyweight title. That's true. So, I mean, you had a whole career in one company to fall in love with one guy. I don't condone if you're a man falling in love with a guy, but to each his own. 
True that. And uh, the last news story I want to bring up, I don't know if you got a chance to watch it. I have not yet, but there was a... Oh, baby, tell me that story. I love to listen. <laughs> J.J. Sexy tells the best stories. He's going to win the award and for the, the rest of the radio award. For, hold on, i got to put my teeth in. He's going to win the award for the best wrestling award for newscaster and personality of the year. You think he's going to win an award, Grimble? Yeah, baby girl, he's my favorite. I love J.J. Sexay. He's he's so funny and sexy, and he's so interesting. And I just love listening to him tell the news the way it is, because he don't hold back, baby. He tells the news. Makes me want to have relations. I, Grandma, come on. We were It was going good. And you got to bring up having sex with my co-host. Back in the bedroom and don't come back out. Checks in the mail, Grandma. Checks in the mail. That's all right, man. That's all right. (laughs) Back to what I was saying. Uh, The last news story I want to touch on. I don't don't know if you saw this or not. I have not had a chance to check it out, but I like the tree. Apparently, uh, Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan recently had a documentary that uh, that was played on A and E, and it basically depicted him uh, as a victim. In his marriage to uh, to Linda, and apparently his ex-wife, his former wife, Linda Balea, not very happy with the documentary, feeling that she was portrayed in a negative light, and it was, in fact, Hulk Hogan's cruelty toward her and his infidelity that led to the problems between the two of them. And so you see where I'm going with that. So Linda Hogan, not I'm calling happy. bullshit. Well, yeah, I mean, he made the money, she spent it. Quit yeah. bitching. I mean, she... I like the part where Hulkster is sitting there. And don't quote me, but it was something close to this. He said, you know, as a, as a household, we're pulling in three, maybe four million dollars a year. And you're wondering, how could I sit up here and cry about being broke? Well, when you're putting out 11 to 10 million a year and only pulling in three... It doesn't last very long. It goes away real quick. Absolutely. You know, and I can tell he's sincere, and I tell the story again. But on the opening episode of Brooke Knows Best, when that's when that show debuted, the opening episode, Nobs and the Hulkster on it quite a bit. And wherever Brooke had moved to, the Hulkster went there with her to help her get settled in. And the, the, in the, the first episode, the Hulkster takes Brooke and her roommates out on one of his Thunder in Paradise jet boats. Probably still said WCW on the front of it, I'm sure. But uh, as he was taking them on this boat tour of things to do and see, they had crossed over, you know, quite a ways of water. And he turned the boat around and said, well, we got to go back. I can't go any closer. And Brooke was asking him why, and he had tears in his eyes. And she said, Daddy, what's wrong? And, you know, this is what leads me to believe he might be telling the truth. Because he was so emotional about it, you know, not even playing it up for the cameras. This was legit. But he started crying, and she wanted to know why. She started hugging him, and he said, I just can't believe that I spent my entire life turning myself into a broken piece of meat so some 18-year-old jabroni can sleep in my bed 
and sleep with my wife. And he started crying. And I mean, to me, that means I'll take his side over hers any day. Well, you know, and I could kind of back that play, too. I, I don't think it's right that, you know, she spent the majority of the money. Now, granted, I mean, Hogan obviously bought many a cars and, you know, probably spent a lot of money on things that were careless. But, you know, I, I'm not going to I'm not going to take sides here, but I can see both arguments on the road. You know, you're going to have relations as grandma sex or excuse me, as grandma, grandma Trey dog would say, you're going to have relations on the road when you're not around his wife. Uh, but I will say this watching Hogan knows best on many episodes, you know, Hogan always tried to make a play to have a little fun time with the missus. She always shot him down. So again, if you're being denied at home, why wouldn't you go elsewhere? That's right. So it is what it is. Oh, here goes Granny. Hold on a second. What What do you want? I just want to tell you about the whole Hulk Hogan thing. I love Hulk Hogan. He's such a big, strong man. And I'm going to tell you right now that that, that wife of his wasn't giving him any relations. Because if she was going to give him relations, then he wouldn't be going around trying to get relations with anybody else. If you go, If you own the cow and you ain't getting the milk, it's time to hire a milkman, baby. And let somebody else give you some milk. Because I tell you, he come over here and I give him some. Grandma! <laughs> oh, Please! God. I love that woman. Embarrassing. She's awesome. Listen, just stop. You opened it up for this, Trey. It's your fault. Uh, I knew we should have pre-recorded this earlier today. Oh, well, it is what it is, my friend. It is what it is. But anyway, that was the news of the week. I got another question for you. What's that? And maybe you want to bring this up at another time. But what about the Jeff Matt Hardy video? You know what? We'll we'll crack that case open here in just a few moments. Uh, let's go ahead okay. and get to a, a couple questions. Before we do, just want to say that that was the news of the week for uh, the week of, obviously, November 23rd through the 26th in professional wrestling. And, of course, this new segment was sponsored by our newest affiliate. We are the official radio show of wrestling-online.com. If you haven't checked them out, please do so. Sign up for the newsletter. Uh, they are the official news site of Wrestling News Live. We are their official radio show. So we're glad to be a partnership with wrestling-online.com. So with that said, that was the news. All right. Uh, Adam Brown asked, would love to hear the boys' thoughts on early Royal Rumble picks and who they think would go or who they think should go or will go or deserves to go on to WrestleMania. The anarchist, Adam Brown. Well, you know. Um, it's a little early, isn't it? It is. It, it really is. I mean, we've got the King of the Ring coming up on Monday night. And I don't know how they're going to play this out. But you would think whoever wins King of the Ring probably won't win the Royal Rumble. But then again... That could happen. I mean, it's just so much has changed in a short amount of time. I mean, we've got a brand new era right in front of us right now with The Miz as the champion. It's like they threw everything out the book. I guess I forgot to mention that not only was uh, Big Dick Johnson fired recently, but they've also fired a couple of other riders. Yeah, I know. No more Big Dick Johnson dancing around. He doesn't fit that PG image, Trey. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, I'm sorry. It pains me to know. But there will be no more big dick in the WWE. Yeah, that's true. 
But, you know, they've recently got rid of a couple of other riders other than uh, DeJoseph, who played Big Dick Johnson. So there's a major shakeup right now. I mean, they're looking at possibly moving people to, to other brands. Who knows right now? The landscape is about to change because Vince is not happy with some of the things going on. So we've got a totally new direction. At this point, I don't even want to put out a guess as to what could happen. Yeah, because we're going to look like a bunch of idiots this early on. I mean, there's just too much that could happen between now and then. Hit us, hit us with that question about two more months. Yeah, absolutely. So, all right, let me get us another question here as we go through Taboo Turkey Day on Wrestling News Live. Here's one for you. Well, where did it go? I had one ready, and I lost it. What? Oh, Derek Deuter Reed. Doiner. The Doinster. How do you th- how do you think the internet has helped professional wrestling? That is a good one. I will I will say that for me, the way that I think the internet has benefited, or excuse me, that professional wrestling has benefited from the internet, the number one reason has to be, unequivocally, YouTube. Yeah. You know, YouTube is a place where, hey, if you want to go back and watch classic wrestling matches of say, Ravishing Rick Rude, or you want to find out about Bruiser Brody, or you want to find out stuff from Japan, you know, like who the hell the Giant Bernard is, or Giant Baba, or what a Chono kick is, then you would go look on YouTube. you went there. Well, Masahiro Chono does a great Chono kick. I tell you, one of the things I like about the internet, baby, is that YouTube, you can watch videos, anything, you can go in there and start looking for one thing, you could be on there three hours later looking at something completely different, and it's just a great place that you do. I had my tubes tied when I was about 25 years old because I already had me some babies from having so much relations, but you can have your tubes on the Internet watching them sexy videos of the people, and it's just great for wrestling and everything, and you get to watch these muscly men and, like, the giant Bernard and... The Chono kick to the nuts. Uh, Grandma, please. I don't even know what. I. Lord, I apologize. Be down there with them starving pygmies down there in New Guinea, amen. Oh, man. That's some good stuff right right there. That guy, Ty. You know, that guy, Ty. I know that guy, Ty. He wants to know. In response to Derek Deuter Reed's question, guys, how do you think the internet has hurt wrestling? Ooh, this is a good one. I got an answer for you right off the bat. One word. Spoilers. That's a good one. You know, back before the internet was spoiling main events or spoiling whole TV shows, I can remember a time when I would watch Monday Night Raw. Do you remember the time... And when I watched Monday Night Raw, I didn't know that certain people were going to be backstage. I didn't know that somebody was going to make their debut that night. Now, we know that. I mean, every once in a while, they'll throw us a red herring and do something without the internet knowing about. I mean, probably the best kept Very secret. Seldom. The best kept secret that I could think of in the last couple of years was when John Cena returned at the Royal Rumble in 2008. Many, many months before he was supposed to. Yes. Nobody saw that one coming, or at least I didn't anyway. I'll tell you what's really interesting. 
where would we have been in 1996 if the NWO would have been leaked because of spoilers? Oh, my God. That would have been interesting. I don't know if wrestling would have had the boom. Wrap your head around that one, baby. I don't know if wrestling would have had the boom that it had in 98 if it wasn't for the NWO. Oh, it would have. Because Vince McMahon wouldn't have fought as hard to compete with WCW. Meaning no DX. There'd be no DX. There would have been the birth of no probably Stone Cold Steve Austin the way that that came to fruition. What? You know, the Attitude Era might not have happened. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's another good way of looking at it. But, you know, the Internet, for everything it's done to help pro wrestling, oh, my God, has it hurt it. I mean, you know, we're we're an Internet wrestling radio show. Granted, this show has been around for 15 years. Obviously, I haven't been God with the show. Bless your heart, baby, for working so hard for 15 years on a wrestling radio show. That's a long time, baby. That's almost, this wrestling radio show is almost old enough to drive a car, and then you can put me in the back seat, you could be driving Miss Daisy. But I wouldn't let you drive at night because I like to do things in the back seat of the car when I'm alone with Grandma. Oh, my God. God I'm so sorry. It's okay, Trey. It's I'm sure that people are just in stitches right now. I, I can almost think TM Bronx is probably laughing his ass out, you know, passed out on the floor. He probably fell and he can't get up. I mean, I don't know. It's I apologize, y'all. I don't know. I don't know what she's. Everybody else is in bed except her and Gobbles. Gobbles yeah. is still up. <laughs> oh, right, well, see now you had to go. And... Gobbles! Gobbles, please take Granny to bed. <laughs> That's a good boy. That's a good boy. Yeah, go in there. There you go. Goddamn retarded turkey. Only on Wrestling News Live can shit like this happen. I'm just, I mean, I try to help out, you know, retarded turkey for a pet. I know, you do man. Kid. I know. Yeah. You know? But, I mean, you know, we're talking about how the internet has hurt wrestling radio, or hurt wrestling, period. I mean, wrestling radio hadn't been too friendly to wrestling because it was the birth of wrestling radio in about 96, 97. You know, for most of your major shows that are still going on today, and there's still a few that are as long in the tooth as we are, like live audio wrestling and, you know, stuff like that. Between the ropes, getting ready to come back. You know, it's just before it was the wrestlers did their thing, then they kayfabe all the way home. Now a wrestler does a match. Either wants to whip your ass in the parking lot or he wants to go and get all his buddies to show off. But as soon as the matches are over with, with a complete rundown of the show, it's just news websites, cut and pasters. There's just some ways, especially with a company like TNA, it kills them more than it does the WWE. And the 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 risk to reward of doing that is so great. I would agree with you there. So, I mean, I just think it's more bad than good. Yeah, I mean, you know, another thing, and I know we, we kind of teased this a few minutes ago. You know, you talk about the way that rest... That, don't that tease the, me, baby. Don't be teasing on Grandma Dreadnought. <laughs> don't be teasing. Oh, my God. Put that woman to bed. Give her some milk or something, man. I don't know. I'm about, I'm, a, I'm about to give her a pain pill and some whiskey. God damn, that'll work. Well, I don't want to kill the bitch. I just want her to go to bed. 
Nobody said kill her. I'm fixing to give her some fucking caveman action. Bonk her over the head and drag her in the bedroom by the hair down. Well, I tell you what. While you're doing that, why don't I go ahead and cue this up? Because I have audio that came out this week from uh, two of our favorite people. One of them being the world heavyweight champion in TNA. And his brother, the recently released Matthew Hardy. All caps, of course. All caps. So this is the Hardys basically having uh, something to say to former world heavyweight champion and WWE superstar CM Punk. What the hell is Straight Edge mean again? The first ever Straight Edge world heavyweight champion. I think Christian said it best. Um, CM Punk, I think you're a nerd. I get cocky every now and then. I'll say, you paid to see me, you paid to see me, but I made CM Punk a motherfucking superstar. And that's a fact, Jack. And I'll end it like this. Bam! Oh, we can't even do that shit in your company anymore. But in this world, we can do it all we want to. You should follow me. You should listen to my preaching because it's going to get you through life. It'll make you live life the right way. CM Punk, your way's not the right way, brother. That's what's cool about planet Earth. We're all different. If we were all like you, man, I would rather live on Pluto. You, my friend, are way too cocky inside and outside the ring. It's kind of strange when you go up and see homeboys at a show. You got guys like Undertaker coming up saying, Hey, Jeff, how you doing, man? All these other guys, Hey, Jeff, how's everything going for you, man? You're all right. Just back from his mind. You see her waiting, see if he's going to say hello to me, man. Never did. Walk away to the showers or whatever. I just leave, whatever. Oh, well, yeah, fuck that guy. And I just have one message to CM Punk. Fuck you. I made you the straight edge superstar you are. And I still don't believe that because I think you take Ambien to go to sleep, motherfucker. <laughs> That's a prescription if you didn't know it. So, hello. I have no idea what uh, CM Punk still is with Amy Dumas. I do know. He is very dramatic and very uh, emotional. And anytime she finds herself in a tough spot, Oh my gosh, she calls. Jeff and Matt Hardy having words about CM Punk. And once again, both of them high as a fucking kite, possibly drunk. Jeff looks like he's been, you know, hitting the opium. Looks like they might be sitting in a Denny's or a, you know, a, a local diner somewhere. And they basically. Oh, that, was, that was a Denny's. Was it a Denny's? Yeah, the Hardys were getting scattered, scattered, covered. That's right. I don't know, man. I, I just, I wonder about these, these dudes, man. Like, Jeff Hardy, I think he's got two roads to go right now. Uh, you know, and, and I hate to sound so negative, because I don't dislike Jeff, but he makes himself look like a complete and utter ass when he does this stupid shit. Um, I really feel like the only two choices for Jeff Hardy right now, one of them will be a fucking drug overdose. And the other is going to be, he's going to be Bubba's bitch when he goes to prison. Well, I'm going to give him a little bit of credit here because I know that video is a little old. It was shot before anything's happened recently. And uh, I've heard Matt say on several occasions since that slip that he has no beef whatsoever 
you know, with uh, CM Punk. But by the same token, you got to admit, when Jeff Hardy and CM Punk were having their shit, CM Punk was rel- relatively still new to the company, and here he was already with, you know, one of the highest sliding wrestlers you ever see. Well, okay, you that know. that's a good point, but... They kind of put each other on the map, but in the long, long term, you know, before making his way out, he could have very easily... Yeah, you know, I don't know. Tough to say. Tough to say. It's interesting because I think it's amplified by the fact that they're so fucked up in the video. Well, okay, here's the thing. I, I'm going to completely dis- disagree with, with you there. I don't think... That, that he can make the claim that, oh, I made CM Punk, man. Fucking your name because of me, man. Fuck you. Fuck you. You can't do that in the WWE. Fuck you. I can. Um, here's the thing, all right? The WWE made CM Punk. The WWE made Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy had a good run against Triple H. And then, yes, he had a good run against CM Punk. And I will give Jeff credit if it wasn't for the straight edge thing. You know, that, that really made Punk a bigger name than he was. But for Jeff Hardy to go around and say, oh, I made you, I made you, I made you. No, you didn't make shit, Jeff. You didn't. Sorry to tell you that, buddy, but you didn't. I just, I have a serious problem with the egos and attitudes of professional wrestling, you know. I, I just, uh, I don't get it. And, and fucking Matt Hardy sitting there, he chimes in at the very last minute. And the only thing he can come up with about CM Punk is, well, you know... I don't know what the deal is between Amy Duma, CM Punk, but um, I know he's kind of an emotional guy, but uh, whenever she needs something, she calls me. What, what, what the fuck does that have to do with CM Punk? They dated. Why would she be calling her ex-boyfriend? I mean, let's face it, Matt. The only reason she calls you is because she's probably still in love with you. But what a, what a, what a dig, man. What a dig. Your dig is that his ex-girlfriend calls you because she also is your ex-girlfriend. I, I just I don't understand these guys, Trey. I mean, this is another way that the internet has hurt professional wrestling. Every week oh, we yeah. get a fucking we get a fucking YouTube thing from Matt or Jeff Hardy and they're talking shit every fucking week. But at least they have the class if they're gonna do it, not to do it on their show. I guess, man. I guess. I, I just I don't know, man. And if you look down by their feet, there's a wrestling peanut butter, or a Reese's peanut butter cup down there. Yeah. Well, kudos to TNA. This is their world heavyweight champion. So, awesome. Good stuff. Another way that the internet is hurting the business of professional wrestling. And I've got even one more clip that uh, I didn't actually have earlier, but I do have it now. And this is another way that the internet is affecting professional wrestling. We just heard from the Hardy Boys. Well, this guy. <laughs> this guy, I don't even know how to how to preface this. This is from a wrestling fan that basically decided to do a YouTube video with his utter rage about the Miz winning the WWE championship. The guy looks like he weighs about a thousand pounds and looks like he's naked in the dark. But you really can't see anything below his chin. It looks like he's he's, he's got he's got more chins than a Chinese phone book, to be honest with you. I guess his name is Reverend Byrne. So this is what Reverend Byrne has to say. And again, this is another reason why the internet is hurting professional wrestling. Hey, y'all! It's Big Fat Reverend Byrne here again! And I'm here today 
to say, fuck you, WWE. I'm tired of this bullshit. I'm so pissed off, I just made my fucking cat run out of the room. Usually I don't give a fuck about this bullshit. I wait around and see what happens. But fuck that. I've been waiting since fucking May for Triple H to come back, and he still ain't came back. Last night, I actually ordered that goddamn fucking Survivor Series pay-per-view. And what do I get? A bunch of fucking queer-ass bullshit. Oh, John Cena's gonna push Wade Barrett into Randy Orton to do an RKO. So not only does Wade Barrett get screwed out of the title last night, he gets fucked over tonight. Nexus fucking jumps Randy Orton. But no, that's not enough for Wade Barrett to win because fucking Cena's gotta interfere again. Thug life! I'm Super John Cena, fucking Incredible Hulk! I overcome the odds even though I'm fired! Roar! Steroid rage! Not only that, but that fucking Randy Orton drops the belt to the Miz! The fucking Miz! Like, are you serious? I'd rather have my dead fucking grandmother humming a dog win the fucking belt. Like, I will dig her dead body up and put a fucking WWE title around their fucking rotten corpse. Fuck you, WWE. This fucking guy belongs on the fucking real world. Send him back to MTV. People like him are the reason people like me are employed. Wait, that's not a bad thing. But still, fuck off. I hate you, WWE. All this kid-friendly shit. I want Triple H back hitting people with sledgehammers. Give me the rock beating motherfuckers with a chair. So that's all the fuck I got to say tonight. Fuck you, WWE. Bring back Triple H and stop all this gay bullshit. And the unfortunate and the unfortunate thing about him, Trey, is he actually died of a heart attack right after that rant. Oh man, I was want to make him a weekly segment. Wow, I mean, what the hell is going on with people these days? I love it. I love it. I love the passion. I love the accuracy. The only motherfucker he didn't make fun of that needed to be made fun of was Kanye West. <laughs> Fuck him too. The fucking Kanye. What the fuck's a Kanye? Well, there you go. Reverend Byrne on uh, YouTube. Look it up. Like I said, this guy looks like he weighs literally about a thousand pounds. And apparently he's so fat, he doesn't wear clothes. So there you go. Have fun with that one, guys. Nice. He's a naked, pissed off man. When he sits around the couch, he really sits around the couch. That bad, huh? It's pretty bad, buddy. What's well, really eating Gilbert Grape? <laughs> Reverend Byrne, I think. Reverend Byrne. Well, have you got any other taboo Turkey Day questions that people want to know about? Let's see. Because I know I've got at least one or two emails to do before we wrap the show tonight. But this is uh, hopefully people are really enjoying this. This has been a highly entertaining show. Mm-hmm. We've got we've got a crazy turkey running around the fucking background. We got. Fucking Grandma Trey Dog running around, wanting to have relations with me. Which oh, is, don't get her started. I'm telling you. <laughs> hey! Gobbles! <laughs> Alright, look, if you come back out here again, I'm going to put you in your cage, and I'm going to lock you in the spare bedroom with nothing but Kanye West. I'm going to put on a Kanye West CD and lock you in the bedroom with the volume up real loud. I like, I like that old Kanye West. I think he's an attractive black fella. African-American and African-American. Af- black guy. 
He's attractive, I think, baby. He's got. A, I wonder how big his pecker is. Hey! Oh! 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 that road Whew. holy shit it's breaking down people it's breaking down get out of the whiskey don't start asking that kind of shit on this show god damn i gotta get some more fucking jack and coke god damn it all right john hun aka hunjo 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 who out of the new crop of wrestlers coming up today do you think will be the main eventer in five years somebody currently in the fed tna roh or somebody on the Indies, which to me is ROH. But he wants us to name somebody that in five years will be a main eventer. Huh. Um, I'll start this one off. I don't watch a lot of indie stuff, which includes ROH. I don't catch it very often. Um, if I had to pick from the WWE or even TNA, guys I think that might be a main event star in five years, I'll start with TNA. There is one guy beyond a shadow of a doubt on that roster that if used correctly Uno. could be the guy and could be a big deal for them. And they recently yeah, signed him. Boots if you can do it. He re- they recently signed him about a year or two ago to a five-year deal. And I was wondering why he did it. But uh, I would have to say that Robert Roode, hands down, could be the man in TNA Wrestling, and could be a big commodity to the company. He is main event all over. I have been saying that since he came out as Robert Roode, the the, the, the money man, uh, with Tracy on his shoulder. And did they ever fucking drop that shit? They fucking debuted him on man. the pre-show to the pay-per-view as the biggest free agent in wrestling, rather than utilize him on the pay-per-view. They have dropped the ball with him since day one. And mm-hmm. I do like him as a part of Beer Money, but at some point, that tag team's got to break up, and I, I see big things for Robert Root. I would just like to write the storyline for the breakup of that tag team, but anyway, I agree with you on Robert Root for TNA, and uh, that guy's perfect for what Hunjo is, Unjo is asking. And um, I'll, take, I'll take a guy from the WWE. I even told him on Twitter that I was going to take him to, to not let me down. Um, I like very much so with his microphone skills, his attitude, uh, his ability to work in the ring. Uh, to me, he's, for lack of a better term, the total package because he can talk on the mic, look to look, do that all over again. But my my guy, I mean, he can put up with Vicky Guerrero. He can do anything. I'm taking Dolph Ziggler as my main eventer in five years. Very good pick. I like Dolph. Um, also in TNA, I would say that I'm really high on uh, the former. You're high. Yes, I'm, I'm really high on. Sometimes I like to get high because I got cataracts, and it helps me see a little bit better when I'm watching the porno on the computer. And I have to wear my glasses, and sometimes I get so hot. And so steamy when you have relations by yourself. Sometimes it gets so hot I can't see out my glasses when I'm watching the, the porno tubes on the internet. Because I had my tubes tied when I was... Uh, Grandma, we were told the story of your tied tubes. Okay? Wow. Really? Now you're starting to repeat stories. Now that's... 
I can't have it. Now get your ass in the bedroom for the last motherfucking time and take that goddamn retarded turkey with you. All right, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, shit, I'm not kidding you. I'm going to fucking cook your retarded ass. Oh, my God. You it... can't fuck up cooking a retarded turkey because you just blame the fucking fact that it's not cooked right on the fact that he's retarded. Anyway, like I was saying, uh, I really do like Elijah Burke, who uh, is obviously the Pope De Niro. I think that uh, in five years' time... It's the Pope, baby. The Pope could be a main event talent for TNA. Now, as far as the WWE is concerned, uh, I do like Danielson. I don't know that he's going to make it to the main event. I think he's going to be a great uh, worker all around. I mean, obviously, uh, charisma-wise, he doesn't really have a lot of charisma, but he's fucking awesome in the ring. I would like to see John Morrison elevated. Don't know if that's ever going to happen, but I'm still very high on Jomo. And who else do I think could be? Oh, Alberto Del Rio, without a doubt. Alberto Del Rio. I, I give him two years, and he's going to be main event champion. But you already knew that. Pretty much. I'm going to take one that I figured would be on your playbook. Dashing Cody Rhodes. You know, I like I like dashing Cody Rhodes. I do, and he's he's a great role model for uh, for Internet Dave. You know, Internet Dave one step closer yeah. to dashing. Every time he watches one of those promos by Cody Rhodes, he he really steps his game up. He's been shaving his legs, he's been you know trimming the nose hair, and brushing his teeth with bottled water. I mean, he's he's taking it to heart. He's doing a good job. But uh, Cody Rhodes, I don't see as a main event guy. I think he'll be great in the mid card. But I do think he's going to do great things. And Drew McIntyre, Drew McIntyre, I think, has the potential to be a main event talent. I mean, he's got the office behind him. Triple H is very, very behind uh, this guy. Like, Drew McIntyre, I think, he reminds me a lot of Triple H. I mean, looks-wise, the way that he worked initially when he first came to the company. Because Triple H wasn't that great a, a wrestler when he entered the WWE in 95. Um, so he's... You know, if Drew learns the right things and, you know, gets the right push, gets the right storylines behind him, I think he could be a big deal. I would agree with it. I would agree with that wholeheartedly. And that was a good question brought to you by Hunjo. Hunjo. Thank you, Hunjo. In five years when I'm the WWE champion, you could say I heard it here on Taboo Tuesday. I uh, want to thank everybody for their comments tonight. I know it's been rough with Grandma Dog breaking in all the damn time and gobbles a retarded turkey, and we're still waiting to hear from a few more celebrities. Hopefully that'll help out. Oh, don't, judge us, don't judge us by our impersonations. Hold on a second. I think I'm actually getting a phone call in right now. Uh-oh. Oh, God. I know who this is. Hang on a second. Welcome yeah, to Wrestling know. News Live. Who is this? J.J. Thickthay and the Trey Dog. It is the, the American Dream. And, hey! Uh, I just wanted to call in and give y'all uh, what the Dream is thankful for here for, for his Thanksgiving uh, in the year 2010. Uh, if you know, I've been with the company for a while here in the WWE, and both of my boys are Cody, Dash and Cody Rose, and he's doing such a good job helping uh, uh, the SNS Radio Network's uh, Internet Dave uh, becoming one clo- one step closer to dashing. Excuse me, if we I had a little eggnog earlier tonight. Uh, but uh, my boy Cody, I'm very proud of him, and I think he's going to do good things in WWE. And then I- I'm so happy that my boy Dustin, Gold Dust, if you will, 
it's still with the company and, and i think that uh he's on a renewed push and he's gonna do great things for the company maybe even uh maybe even be uh a world heavyweight champion of the world uh, like his father the american dream was uh back in the day but uh i don't know trey i i really don't know what to say I, i'm thankful to have my boys in the wwe and i'm thankful you for should be. you should be a proud papa I'm thankful for the career that I've had in professional wrestling, being a being a common man as I was, you know, the son of a plumber. He's just a common man. Oh, thank you. You're so kind there, Trey Dog. I appreciate that. And uh, you're always one of my favorites, there, Dusty, because you were such a common man. You made the people believe that they could be like you someday and be WWE champion. You know, I just don't think we should start throwing these belts on every young up and comer we get, make them pay their dues for quite a while before we slap a title belt on them. But Things have changed. So, Larry, on this very special Thanksgiving episode, you want to give a shout-out? Well, thank you, thank you very much, Trey. I just want to say thank you to everybody listening to WNL and uh, the SNS Radio Network. The boys do such a good job over here, and uh, they need your well, support. Well, thank you, Desi. We and appreciate you. No problem, Trey. I do it because I love you. But with that said, uh, I just want to say I'm thankful that my boys is in the WWE and Right. I'm thankful for my career, and I'm thankful for the, my for my paycheck, and I'm thankful that I can put the food on the table to feed uh, the rest of my family, if you will. How's the old saying go? You dine with kings and queens, you know. I've dined with kings and queens, and I've eaten a dumpster. I've had pork and beans. Mm-hmm. It is what it is, trade dog. But uh, I just want to say, hope y'all having a good show, and uh, happy Thanksgiving to the WNL family. Love you much. Keep in touch. I'm the dream, and I'm out. Right back at you, dream. Pulling up tight and all. Well, it's always good to hear from Dusty. He's he's awesome. What he wants to be. Yeah, you know when when he when he has something to talk about. Dusty is a uh, is a great guy to bring on the show, and big fan of the dream. So uh, glad to know he's thankful for the things, the simple things like uh, both of his sons being employed with the company, and you know it's good things for the Rhodes family. I agree. So thank you very much, Dusty Rose, for making an appearance here on Wrestling News Live's Taboo Turkey Day. I do have one here from Frank Sampson. He wants to hear our thoughts on the lack of managers being a mouthpiece for wrestlers. There are talents out there. They just need to give... They just... Whoa. There are talents out there that just needed a guy to be their mouthpiece. So... They could have found out what slash... Wow, um, he's right. There is a lack of managers. I mean, that's 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 a personal thing with me because, you know, I've worked in the business. I've I've done ring announcing. I've done play by play and color. Um, and I was even a manager for a little while in Stampede Wrestling and had a hellacious run with uh, the North American Heavyweight Champion Chris Steele back in 2007. And you look at the WWE and really you even look at TNA. And as far as TNA is concerned, you have valets and you have Ric Flair. In the WWE, you have Vicky Guerrero, and that's pretty much it. Uh, the art of being a manager is a lost art. I mean, nobody, nobody does it well anymore. I mean, the last decent manager that the WWE had was uh, Armando Alejandro Estrada. And he was good for a bit as the handler of Umaga. But, yeah, I mean, this is something that does hit close to home. I, I really think there are certain guys, even on that roster now, that could benefit 
uh, from a mouthpiece. You know, guys like Chris Masters, who I think has gotten so much better in the last three or four years. The only thing that guy can't do is really talk well. And with the right mouthpiece, the masterpiece could be the total package. Um, wow. There you go. I mean, I guys like Ezekiel Jackson, who they're really high on, and that guy's freakishly big and could be a major star. I think that he's not that good in the ring still. I think that he's got a long way to go, but he does have a certain charisma about him. And he does have that I will fucking beat your ass in a dark alley if you fucking cross my path look to him. And just a fucking massive piece of meat. He could be a major star for that company, but I think he needs a mouthpiece. So, I mean, that's kind of my direction on that. I, I completely agree. They need to bring back managers, but the business has evolved so much. I'm thinking the best manager that got a raw deal, I never found out. It's kind of, it's kind of weird. I never found out what happened. He stopped returning phone calls, um, stopped talking to me on Facebook, as if I was the motherfucker that fired him. But Jim Mitchell. I mean, we went to Orlando. We interviewed the guy, went to Orlando. Him and JSK hit it off like they were long-lost best friends. Now, granted, they sat around and smoked a lot of pot together. And we stayed in the old hotel that the WCW wrestlers used to stay in when they went to Orlando to, to do Nitro. And Mitchell was telling us all kinds of stories about who did this and that and when and where and blah, 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 blah. And him and JSK were inseparable, man. Even the last time we went to Bound for Glory, when JSK was sick, Jim Mitchell went to his hotel room and hung out with him and talked for hours. Was nice as he could be to me. Then they fired him. I'd like to find out what happened to the guy. See, I'm with you. I think Jim Mitchell was a fantastic mouthpiece for Abyss. And the things he did over in TNA were, were great. But, yeah, you're right. He did kind of disappear. So, But I think when it comes down to managers, the best ever was, hands down, Jim Mitchell. Second, going old school, Missy Hyatt, when she used to be with Eddie Gilbert. And then you got your, you know, Jim Cornette. And then you got your... Uh, Mouth of the South, but uh, I'm one of those old school guys, man. I like factions. I like factions to stick around and last for a while, and I'm a big fan of managers because I have no wrestling ability whatsoever, but when you put me on an independent show with somebody that's a good wrestler and they introduce me as a manager, it's just like you're going into the ring. You get that same vibe. I've always wanted to be a manager, and I've always wanted to be one on TV, you know. So I'm sympathetic to the managers in wrestling. But, yeah, you're right. We do need a whole lot more. You know, I would have to say probably my favorite manager, one of my favorite personalities in this business, bar none, probably the best manager that ever lived in my eyes, Bobby the Brain Heenan. Yeah, I, I forgot about Bobby the Brain Heenan. Yeah, he's another one. Bobby the Brain Heenan, just just having his stable, the Heenan family, you know, that guy, you could run down the list of names that he managed, and damn near every one of them was a big star, with, with the exception of a couple, like the Brooklyn Brawler. But just the fact that if you were in Bobby Heenan's stable, you got massive heat. And, uh, you know, I, I'm going to be really broken up, because Bobby's not in great health. I'm going to be really sad 
when he passes away because he was somebody that I looked up to. Him and Mean Gene both. I mean, Gene from the announcer's aspect. But Bobby, as far as a manager is concerned, also one of my idols. And luckily, I have had the opportunity in the past to interview Bobby Heenan. And uh, what a great guy he was. And, you know, it's... I miss I miss Bobby Heenan. I really do. And that was all brought to you by uh, Frank Sampson from the Wrestling News Live Facebook page here on Taboo Turkey Day. So before we move on to email, which is next, I want to personally take time to thank Adam Brown, the anarchist, TM Bronx, Frank Sampson, Tony Mirabella, Jeremy Samples, Derek Deuter-Reed, just uh, thankful they were able to get questions in on the show. Uh, the Hoonjo. Was it Hoonjo? Hunjo? Hoonjo. Hoonjo. Philip. Oh, I can't say this guy's last name. It's horrible. Just call him Phil Hart. That's Phil, Phil Hart from the EFA. Phil Hart. You know exactly who I'm talking about. Yep. Phil Hart. Uh, he has the last question of the night before we go to emails. And he wants to know, J.J., what do we think will happen to the WWE once Vince steps down and Triple H and Stephanie take over? You know, we're almost seeing that now, to be honest. Uh, You know, when Raw was in Manchester a couple weeks ago, Triple H was the one running the shows. And that Manchester show, all the ones, Raw, SmackDown, whatever shows they were running from Manchester had a different feel to them. And uh, I liked the flow of the shows. I think Triple H is going to be good for the business. He's got a good mind for wrestling. And I know there's people that oh, shit, Triple H is going to hold down the young talent. Well, I don't think that's the case. Triple H has paid his dues as far as putting over new talent. He's the one that pretty much put John Cena on the map, putting him over. And there's quite a few people he's helped put over in the last you know two, three years. Look at Sheamus, for example. Sheamus. So... Um, you know what? I'm looking I like forward. A, I like the I'm looking forward to the Triple H Stephanie era. I think it's going to breathe new life into wrestling. And I often wonder what's going on with Vince. I think he's just about done. I know he recently re-signed uh, a contract with WWE. I know that that sounds hilarious because he owns the company, but uh, they did re-sign him to a contract for the next three years. So we'll see what happens with that. I obviously, you know where I stand, being a Triple H guy. I think it's going to be better for the company because he will bring to the company what I like in, in wrestling, and that's factions, because he's going to be a big part of that. He's been a big part of that his entire career. The factions will return to wrestling, and so will the prominence of the tag team division. And guys, with Triple H being such a belt whore, you can bet he's going to make those mid-card belts mean a whole lot more than the writing staff and the bookers do now. Thank God, because I'm ready to go back to having WrestleManias where the Intercontinental Championship has some uh, some significance on the card. It's not just a money in the bank. It's not just somebody who has the championship in a money in the bank match. You know, I like the Triple H because I, I want to sit on his face with his big nose and let him, I just want to ride on his face while he says, hmm, Grandpa! Whoa! Alright, that is it. Somebody put that bitch to bed before I throw her ass out in the cold. Be nice to the elderly, Trey. Come on. Damn. Enough. I'm going to hit you with this golf club if you come back in here. I swear to God. There's no way to show love to Grandma. I don't give a shit if you... You can't... Bitch, you can't shoot me in the pinky toe. You ain't got... You ain't... You ain't got your glasses on. Go back to bed. 
Wow. It's breaking uh, down once again in the uh, studio of the Trey Dog. Grandma right, gobbles man. everything. It's just crazy. And the way Grandma was talking, I think Grandma does gobble things. I don't know. Man, I'm telling you. But that's that's a story for another time. So you got anything to add to that last uh, that last thing? Or are we pretty much done with that topic? Nope. That's pretty much all the questions that were asked on the message board for uh, Taboo Turkey Day. Now it's time to move on to our email portion of the show. A few people couldn't get to our Facebook page, and we accepted their email. Make sure that you uh, send us plenty of emails during the week for our show on Monday night, and uh, we'll get to them the following Monday, every week. And uh, now we we actually do have some emails that I'm going to save for Monday night, but we do have right. we have I think one or two directed toward the Taboo Turkey Day uh, show tonight. So we'll cover let's those. just dive in then. All right, let's hit the sounder. I got mail! Yay! I got mail! Yay! Of course you have an email, you idiot! Just read it! Well, there you go. Brand new You Got Mail intro. All right. This first email comes to us from our good friend and colleague, Evan O'Brien. Evan O'Brien. From from headlockstoheadlines.com, of course. Um, And he asks, after a year of gimmick shows, have they ruined wrestling on pay-per-view? I don't think so. I think the problem with pay-per-view is that there's too many of them as it is. I think the number of pay-per-views a year has what is what has ruined pay-per-view. You take the factors of the bad economy, the factors of now you've got, you know, WWE, UFC, and TNA pay-per-views all to decide between for your your wrestling dollar. And I think it's like it's something that it's like something you mentioned to me, JJ, off the air one time when I said. Let's book this guy for an interview. Let's book this guy for an interview. And you said, no, 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 slow down, slow down. We don't want to oversaturate the market and spread ourselves too thin with all these great interviews because then with the listeners voting, they won't concentrate on one interview and we'll lose votes that way. And you're right, just like you lose buys. Uh, There's so much out there saturating the market right now on a monthly basis between UFC and the WWE and TNA that you ain't got that kind of money, neither do I, to buy pay-per-views every single time they come out. I agree. You know, I mean, that's that's pretty much the long and the short of it. I think the pay-per-views and the amount of pay-per-views a year is what's killing the pay-per-view industry, along with the live streams, because people can't afford to pay the full price four or five times a month. Now, see, I, I would agree with that, and I'll, I'll even uh, preface not only what you said. I agree there are too many pay-per-views. Like I've said in the past... I think that you don't need the show between uh, the the Royal Rumble and WrestleMania. That no way out. Yeah, no way out. Elimination Chamber, whatever they want to call it, that is a show that you don't need. You don't need the pay per view before SummerSlam. You don't need the pay per view before Survivor Series, and you don't need a December pay per view before the Royal Rumble because those are your big four shows, and you need right. more time to build up storylines to make those shows more important. At least in my opinion. Um, so I would agree with you on the the there's too many pay-per-views. But to further the point that Evan is trying to hammer home, I will agree with him that I think that a lot of the gimmick shows have kind of ruined uh, pay-per-view. Uh, for example, Hell in a Cell. We get two Hell in a Cell matches. Do we need two Hell in a Cell matches? No. Hell in a Cell is a special match. It is the, the finality of a feud. 
Usually that, that was what a cage match was meant to be, was the finality of a feud. That was usually your blow-off match. And now we have two of them at the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. They just had a money in the bank after it was a successful concept at WrestleMania every year. So now that we had two Money in the Bank winners running around, even though Kane did cash his in that night, and then we had Miz running around as Mr. Money in the Bank. But Elimination Chamber, we get two Elimination Chamber matches. I am tired of seeing the same match twice. Now, granted, they try to make them different, but you are saturating the market. And now with a PGWWE, where they don't want blood involved, having a Hell in the Cell match and a pay-per-view that we're going to have uh, next month in December, TLC, you can't do chair shots to the head now. You, you can't get busted open or else they'll stop the match. So why are we having pay-per-views called TLC and Hell in a Cell? It makes no fucking sense to me. Uh, I mean, they really have kind of hurt the business, in my opinion. But that's kind of where I stand as far as that. I, I would have to agree with Evan. I think that they have kind of ruined the pay-per-view business for WWE. Uh, that's why their ratings are kind of slipping and have been for years. Um, so moving on to his next question... Does anyone besides myself notice a huge void in their life now that Dave Batista has left the WWE? Um, I didn't know that Batista was gone. There you go. So apparently from the trade dog side of things, no, he hasn't. Um, I will say this about Batista. I was never his biggest fan. I liked him initially uh, when he came out of Evolution and had that, that face run where he beat Triple H for the title. Everything was thumbs down. Yeah. And I thought that he was very, uh, very good utilized as a face until they shipped him off to SmackDown. And then things went south with, with him really quickly. And the remainder of his tenure on SmackDown was, you know, plagued with injuries. Um, even though I did enjoy the Undertaker-Batista feud, I thought that was pretty cool. I really got to say for Batista, that last six-month run that he had where he was the champion and he beat John Cena and he was aligned with Vince McMahon, was the best run of his career. His character had been developed to the point where he should have been a badass heel all along instead of a fan favorite. And I do feel a void that he's gone because that character that he had prior to leaving after WrestleMania was really good for wrestling. And Kanye Tista? Kanye Tista, yeah, that's what we called him. Um, I really did like that gimmick for him, and yeah, I, I do kind of feel lost. But, I mean, you look at it, it'd be fair to say that you can really fill a void not only with Batista gone, but with Triple H gone, with Shawn Michaels especially, uh, The Undertaker being gone now. Uh, there really is a void that needs to be filled. I would agree with that. And they're trying to fill it with these young stars, which they need to do, but I think they wasted a lot of time uh, in that five-year period that the only guy that really got pushed to the moon was John Cena. And they're paying I for it agree, now. I can, I can agree with that to an extent. Um, I agree with you on Batista's best run, our runs. You want to look at it that way. All right. Well, that's going to do it for questions on the message board and emails. Do we still have any more? Uh, Evan's got one or two more. I'm only going to do this this last one here. Um, Evan is an inquisitive dude. He is. He is. Well, we might tackle both of these. I don't know. On one night, what's been the highest amount of alcohol that either of you have ever consumed? I had 18 rocks glasses full of margaritas by myself. Well, my roommates both had 15 in an hour and didn't finish theirs. I finished mine. My God. This is 9 a.m. You know what? I'm a casual drinker, but there are times and... 
probably the heaviest I've drank that I can recall would be the two times that I visited uh, C23. Those were good. Those were good times. I don't remember how much I drank both nights. Uh, I know that the last time I was in C23, Harmony was with me, and right. she drank a fucking lot. I think she outdrank all of us, to be honest with you. She drinks like a fish. She does. Well, I mean, but, you know, the, the American beer is, is a little more watered down than Canadian, so she was putting them back pretty pretty easy. Yeah. I don't know, man. Th- those were probably two of the drunkest nights. Oh, and then my birthday party here at Bottoms Up a couple years ago. Uh, I don't remember how many drinks I had, but I think everybody in the bar bought me a drink. And we're talking mixed shit, like, you know, fucking Jack, Coke, uh, you fucking name it. I was having Irish car bombs. Nice. That was uh, a pretty crazy night. And I, I know Harmony got worse drunk than I did. I'm just, I'm just, I'm not a guy that gets drunk. I mean, I get buzzed really good. You get crunk? I, sometimes I get crunk, yeah. No, I have to agree that the uh, alcohol thing is okay once in a while. But I'm getting older now, so I don't rebound the same way. But it was 13. No, not 13, but 18. I did 18. Jeremy did uh, 15. And Scott did 15. Uh, Margarita's in an hour. And we followed the fence lines. You know, hey, take, take us where we want to go. But, uh, yeah, I uh, 18 in an hour plus probably a shot or two. And we woke up at 11 p.m. that night going, what the fuck train hit us? It'll do it, man. It'll do it. Took showers, took showers, and went out and did it all over again. And uh, the last question from Evan. This is this is a good one, I guess. Has there ever been a chick that either of you have known personally that you really wanted to, and it seemed like it might happen, but it never did? While you're thinking about it, I'll say this. Prior to my gigolo days, high school was not exactly my strong point for girls. It was after high school that I kind of blossomed and became a man whore. After my first marriage failed and that's when all my skills kind of came into play um so yeah there were a couple of instances where there were girls that i liked that i really wanted to hook up with and you know not only just you know screw but i wanted to have a relationship with i thought might have happened but didn't one of them would have been someone that i would have married i'm not gonna go into names or details but uh that has happened to me once or twice yeah i uh I was good in high school. There wasn't anybody in high school that I didn't. There wasn't anybody in high school I wanted that I didn't. I had. A, I, mean, I went to a small high school, but I was dating a cheerleader from another school all four years of high school, basically. Tells you how faithful I was. See, I uh, mean, my my problem in high school was that I was just kind of shy. I mean, oh, goddamn, not me. See, I I took theater, and you would have thought that would have loosened me up. But I was shy around girls. I mean, I was, I don't know if I was just terrified of them or what, but I, you know, high school was not my strong suit. It was after high school that I, you know, like I said, my game started to come into play. And A friend of mine, real close to me, still is, used to have sex with this woman. They never really dated. They were just good friends that had sex. And I always thought she was one of the hottest things I'd ever seen on the planet in person. And her husband was a complete bag of douche. Whenever she wanted to get laid, she'd go hang out with my buddy. And there was obviously desire there. I wanted to, to, to do her because she was so damn hot. And we hung out all the time as, as like friends. And then finally I was like, oh man, this is killing me. Had a chance, didn't take it because I didn't want to piss off my buddy. And I regretted it my whole life. I had the green light. 
and I turn it down. Well, I can respect the fact that you didn't want to do it behind your friend's back. That's pretty cool. I mean, I just, I don't sleep with married women. I don't sleep with women that are, you know, exes of my friends. There's too many other pieces of ass in the world to piss off a buddy or a good friend over fucking their woman. That's true. You know, I'm telling you, I was bad in high school, dude. I, I had sex with a Ford Exchange student on prom night. <laughs> Nicely done. Nicely done. I'm not even kidding you. You know, I think I had, in high school, I had one serious girlfriend, and she went to another school. See, that was the thing. Is in high school, I only had one serious girlfriend. She went to a different school, so I cheated on her all the time. Well, see, I wasn't cheating on her, but I dated her for about two or three years. First time I'd ever gotten laid, obviously. That old nugget. I got a speeding ticket ten minutes after the first time I got laid. <laughs> nice. A Saturday morning, I spent the night at her house because her mom was out of town. Had sex for the first time, got my Mustang, and was on my way to school to play a baseball game. And the first one started at 11 a.m. And I got pulled over and got a speed ticket on the way to the ball game. It was worth every fucking penny. I don't care. Now, I can remember I got divorced in 2000. And I can remember shortly thereafter, I really hit my stride well. You know, I was hitting the, I was hitting the bars, going to a lot of the dance clubs and shit. And I can remember dating at least three or four chicks a week and fucking sleeping with every goddamn one of them. And I did that for about two years straight. And that's it's when fun, I that that's when I was also I mean it's also hell. Yeah, it, it cost a lot of money and that was that was when I was at like my peak of physical fitness. It's when I was working out, you know, four or five days a week. And had everything right. but a six pack. So there you have it, Evan. I hope you're a wiser man now. No shit. So that means all that's left is to say goodbye and to let them in on the drunken stupor story that I told last night as the true meaning of Thanksgiving. That is coming up. We're going to close out the show with the real meaning, the real story of Thanksgiving as told Trey Dog. It's deep now. you got to put your deep thinking glasses on because it's, it's deep. Sit back, relax, break open some beer, and enjoy it. And don't forget, we'll be back right here on the SNS Radio Network this Monday night to cover the special three-hour edition of Monday Night Raw as the King of the Ring returns. We're going to find out who's, who's crowned King of the Ring and what direction The Miz is going to take as the WWE Champion. As Trey kind of threw up a little bit in his mouth there. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. All right, so with that said, on behalf of the Trey Dog... I am Mr. Money on the mic, JJ Sexay. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Hope you guys had a great holiday, and uh, we'll see you Monday night. So I'm going to kick it over to JSK. JSK, take us out of here, my friend. Happy Thanksgiving. Cool. With that being said, thank you very much for listening to the show. Thanks for everybody uh, that participates in the forum boards, and thanks for everybody participating in the chat room. Until next week, peace, 420, kiss my ass. Good night, white people. I'm out. Gavels. <laughs> Well, a long time ago, some drunk French guys got on a boat, and their GPS went out. And they ended up on this island. They thought it was an island. They ended up on land. Well, it messed up all their boats. They couldn't go away. They had to wait for more boats to come in to pick them up, which would be three to five business days. The white men took the land from the Indians on this day. 
by getting them drunk, giving them hookers and corn. Not necessarily in that order. So while the Indians were busy fucking our women, we were busy fucking them by taking all their land away from them while they were drunk, fucking our women. But then we sat down and had a great meal and it was called Thanksgiving. Well, boys and girls, now you know the story of Thanksgiving according to Uncle Trader. Pocahontas was in there somewhere shaking her little sweet ass and then Bob and Tom went down some river with her. It's all documented by Disney. I don't know how it all works. The story is like really shifty, shady. And so John, John Smith's name actually wasn't John Smith. It was because he was paying Pocahontas and he was just referred to as a John. As a John, yeah, that's why they call him John. Gotcha, gotcha. He was, he was in, in the first, you know, known stages of prostitution. <laughs> I, I think Uncle Trey Dog tonight, some eggnog or throwing a few back. I've had some beer and I've had some uh, uh, thankful shots, I call them. Every time I drink a shot, I tell you what I'm thankful for. I, and I've had a lot of them. But the thing about it is, and here's the thing, you can't go down to your local library and read the story. It's not published. Passed down from generation to generation. It's true because if you follow it closely, you'll see the job of the hut had Princess Leia kidnap Pocahontas after she was done with John Smith. Bob and Tom went down this river to steal the land from the French who originally stole it from the Indians by getting them drunk and letting them sleep with their French women and letting them use corn for dildos. It really, it's a really sad story to the Indians. But now they've won because they have the casinos and now everybody is drunk and giving them their money back. You know what? That actually makes a lot of fucking sense, Trey. Yeah, and when you go into an Indian casino, ask, it's, it's not something you'll find on a menu. It's like very hush-hush. But if you go in, you ask for the Pocahontas, you get like the VIP treatment oh. as a throwback to those days. And then somehow, that's why the Canadians have Thanksgiving so early, because they showed up and they were smart enough to see what was going on. And they were like, wow, we don't want no part of any of this, because it was the ultimate subterfuge. Like rumor has it that the white man knew of this rope-a-dope that the French had pulled. The rope-a-dope was that the, the French let the Indian man sleep with his wife while they took his land out from underneath him. Like you're looking for the left and you get the right. Okay. That's a rope-a-dope. And because the white man was going to try this, the Indian had already seen it coming. No pun intended. And when the white man tried it, all the Indian could say when the white man offered his woman was how. And the white guy said, if I have to tell you how, then this is never going to work. Which ironically was the Indian's response to everything was how. Which really, after further research, how and the way it was used in the Indian language is responsible for the what chance that we have in wrestling today. What? Exactly. They said how. What? How. What? How. What? How. What? 
You see how that can go on forever? I do, I do. Makes makes perfect sense, Uncle Straight Up. And the thing about it is, is these people would chant how and say how after everything. Until finally the white man figured out it was just an act and stopped explaining anything to the Indians because they were fed up with it. And that caused a rift between the friendship of the white man and the Indian. It wasn't the land stealing. It wasn't the whore beating. It wasn't that we took their recipes for turkey and corn and fruits and vegetables and whatever else they made for Thanksgiving dinner. We stole all that and claimed it as our own. <laughs> it's just, man, it's just a, like an FBI cover-up that we may never know the truth. Well, it's a good thing to know that uh, Mulder and Scully are on the case train. Well, the and truth they, is out there. It is, and they would get that. They would know. I mean, I think it all goes down to Pocahontas being a whore and Bob and Tom being her pimp. Oh, how the story could have been dramatically different if it weren't for Neil. It would have been a different world we live in today had Bob and Neil discovered America with Pocahontas. Because she was a slut. Oh, man, that's just an intense story. I like the way you tell this story of Thanksgiving, the way you don't care about. But since it's so late on Turkey Day, <laughs> and I'm so goddamn tired, I think I'm just going to go fuck me a turkey. Grab all out. <laughs> hold still, motherfucker. Hold still. Good night, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Turkey Day. <laughs>